What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Skate Through Life podcast, the show that works the skills and drills you need to master your life one week at a time through personal development, conquering your fears, and of course, falling on your face, then getting back up again. I'm your host, self-mastery coach, amateur roller skater, and outspoken non-binary femme, L. Tommy. Are you ready to roll? Let's lace up and hit the pavement. Twenty twenty three. Can you believe it, skaters? Honestly, I hardly can believe where we are right now. The beginning of the pandemic feels like it was a lifetime ago. But here we are, three years later, three years deep into it, and the world has changed so much. And I have changed so much. Some of these changes I do think were for the better. I'm thankful that we've been able to gain more awareness around our individual and collective health, about how disease spreads and how we can best keep one another safe in such times. It was not often before 2020 that the thoughts of how to be a better ally to my immunocompromised friends came into my consciousness. So I personally am really grateful to have that awareness now in my life for them. This also opened up a lot of conversation around workplaces and workplace culture. The pandemic really changed how we go to work and the type of work we do. And as somebody who deals with noise hypersensitivity, it has been a blessing for me. (laughs) Yes. Oh my goodness. The gratitude that I have for these past two years in shifting to remote and hybrid work environments. I have never been so comfortable or productive in work in my entire life. And I'm just taking a moment now to look around this quiet little office in my house that is only my space and just feeling immense gratitude to be able to make it my own and for it to be nice and quiet and comfortable. The past three years have also brought with them a lot of collective changes, right? Feelings of isolation and loneliness were boldly at the forefront of many of our lives. Mine included, especially in 2020. The very first lockdown we went into here in Halifax, here in Nova Scotia, I was entirely alone in 800 square feet of space, and it was lonely, (laughs) so lonely. There were also like a lot of big invisible divisions in the population, exasperating black and white thinking. And I think personally an oversimplification of political divisions that definitely has come up boldly in the last few years. And I think true of all of us at one point or another, there was a mourning for the way things were a grief around if we might ever come back to them again in the same way. Now, I don't know about you, Skater, but I am in many ways far from the same person that I was in 2020 as I speak to you today. Three years later, three years now, I have come full circle on my grief over how my life and the world around me were before that year. And now I'm considering what my life will look like going forward as the person I am now in the times that we are currently living in. 
Change is funny in that the only constant thing that we have in this life is change. But year over year, we hardly notice it because things move so fast. This pandemic has changed that. It has made change so heckin' visible. We've all been made to look at it, relook at it, try something new, see if it worked, and try again. And no one was really safe from this. We had to be in it together for anything to work. This episode is not going to be a deep dive on the pandemic. No, no, don't worry. Nor is it going to be an exploration of pre or post pandemic life. Today, what I want to reflect on with you all is change on my change on my growth on how over the span of one year and then two years and then three, I have transformed like a butterfly. I have truly created a life that I am so proud to be living. I have stepped into my more mastered self. I have shed so many skins and stories that held me back from really going for it when it came to my dreams and deepest desires for my life. When I really sit and reflect, not just on the last year, like we did last week, but on that span since 2020, the person I was then, they were lonely and anxious and sad and down on themselves. They had a presentation to the outside world of having it together, of having confidence, of being light, but they were heavy. They were so very heavy. And I am very proud to say that today, as I sit here and record this podcast, I feel light. I feel lightness. And I have this burning desire to share that feeling of lightness with you and with everyone. I want everyone to be able to experience what it feels like to look back on just a glimpse of time in your life and say, wow, <laughs> like, holy shit. I have grown so much. I'm in such a better space now, mentally, emotionally, physically, everything. Like I want to be really honest with you skaters. I spent a lot of my life feeling like a total loser. I spent a lot of my life waiting to be found out by other people, to be seen for the fraud that I was. I wasn't cool or interesting or smart. Surely everyone would see that one of these days and I would just be exiled. That's what I expected would happen. That was the mindset that I was living in, one of scarcity and lack, one of loneliness and outcasting. I was not the main character in my own story. In fact, I was all too happy to allow literally anyone else to assume that role and simply validate my participation in the story at all. How sad is that? Very, I think very. But this is also the way that many of my clients come to me, having realized that they released their duties as the main character in their own stories, right? To become just a co-star. And no one should be co-starring in their own movie. Come on now. And maybe this is striking a chord for you as well, Skater. Have you ever felt like you were waiting for someone else to come make you feel better about yourself or where you were in life? 
Have you ever gone along with someone else's plan for you? Maybe those of a parent or partner or mentor. Have you ever looked on in envy at one of your friends or someone else in your orbit feeling like a total alien and trying to determine how you could somehow have a freaky Friday moment where you could just be swapped out into their life instead? I have. I have seen green more times than is comfortable for me to even admit to you looking at the lives of other people and wishing that I could step into their shoes. That has been the hardest lesson in my life for me to work through. To allow myself to be happy for the success and wins of other people. To allow myself to feel absolutely content with where I am and on my own path without wanting to be where someone else is on theirs. If you have ever felt this way too, you aren't alone. I want you to know that. It is my mission to make you feel so dang proud of who you are, of all of who you are. I give a massive, massive shit about that skater. You deserve to wake up every day feeling happy with your life, your path, and your future, just knowing that you are consciously creating it all and that you have the absolute power to direct the storyline. I am here to support you in becoming the main character of your story because I spent too many years of my life not embodying that main character energy in my own story. It did not get me very far, and I am certain it isn't getting you very far either. So today I want to share with you the 12 lessons or wisdoms that I have taken away from what I consider to be my biggest era of massive main character energy shifting that I have ever lived. I hope that each of these can bring some kind of jumping off point to your life for you to step onto and then leap off of and into your own main character energy. I want you to boldly become who you have always dared dream to be, to have your next evolution of self-mastery. I want you to land even harder tricks, to skate through your life with pride, confidence, and a deep-rooted contentedness. I believe in you, skater, and I am honored to be your coach out here on the pavement. So if you'll bear with me to have a little bit of a different format of an episode today, let's roll out together. Okay, friends, let's get into it. Here are 12 pieces of wisdom I have accumulated in the last three years that have completely, irreversibly changed my life. I hope that you'll take something away from them too. The first one is a big one. Okay, brace yourselves, buckle up, get on those elbow pads, your knee pads, and that helmet. Whatever you are avoiding looking at the most is what you need to see. Let's start with this challenging lesson, shall we? Because this one is rooted in shame. For me, this shame was mostly and predominantly around my finances. I would dread, dread, dread looking at my bank account. 
We talked about that actually in the very first episode of this podcast. But one day I realized that continuing to always avoid looking at my banking would not make money magically appear there. It would not absolve my debts. It would not give me more comfort in where I was financially. It is just like that monster under the bed of our childhood homes. If we would only look under the bed, we would see that it's just a stray sock, maybe some dust bunnies and find comfort there. By avoiding looking at the problem, it occupies more and more space in your brain. It becomes bigger. It becomes amplified, just like that monster. So what aspects of yourself are you avoiding looking at right now? Yourself as a friend, a parent, a leader or a coworker? Is it your health, your ability to care for your home? Whatever the thing is that you avoid at all costs, the bigger a problem it will become. Taking the brave step into opening up my banking app and having a serious conversation with myself about what it would take to make it a place that I felt joyful to check in on was the first step towards mastering my finances. By addressing the giant elephant in the room of my mind and allowing myself to say, okay, this has been hard for me. I have a lot of shame around this. I was able to release some of that internal embarrassment. When I hit my personal financial goal, finally in this past year, I was happier than I ever could have predicted. My confidence in myself took a massive leap. It is easy to think our lives are tidy little compartments that don't bleed into one another. But the truth is, when we elevate one part of our life, it is also lifting up the others around it. And when the thing that we are elevating is a big, scary, or sore point for us, the lift is so much more grand. Trust that. Doing this really changed a lot for me in how I viewed myself my ability to care for myself, and my ability to visualize a future for myself. And that's why we're starting right here. The second wisdom I'm going to drop on you is this. Your fate is sealed until you decide otherwise. This one brings me back to those years of my life that I spoke about earlier in the episode. Every one of those feelings that I was a loser or useless or uncool or unwanted, these were all stories that I was doomed and destined to continue to live out in my life because I had just accepted that that was who I was and that was what was meant for me. I'm sure you have some of these stories that you tell yourself as well, that you aren't smart, that you don't get to have loving relationships or that you're hard to love that you'll always work below your skill level or that you're unattractive. Whatever your stories are, until you consciously unpack them for yourself and literally say, I am done with this so that you can rewrite the script of your life, those stories will keep repeating. They'll keep manifesting and they will keep playing out in your life. I forever thought that time would change these things for me that I might grow out of them. 
but I was wrong. Time amplifies our energy. The more that I put into carrying myself in alignment with the person I wanted to be, the more that time allowed me to feel authentic in being them. Which story are you both exhausted of and still living inside? Start there. How would you like to see it rewritten? What would the main character of that story do to resolve it? Act from there. Number three, it doesn't need to be so serious. Challenge yourself. (laughs) I felt conflict in opening with those two big, heavy bits of wisdom. But after some soul searching on the matter, I decided that it was actually the only way that I could conduct this list. I really wanted it to be, you know, light and fluffy and fun. But that just, you know, wasn't the wisdom that actually carried me out of the darkness to where I am right now. When I was at my darkest point, the beginning of my metamorphosis that began in 2020 and led me here today, things felt very serious, deathly serious. I was in the bottom of a big, dark hole, and it was magnifying and amplifying every mistake I perceived to have made in my life that led me to this exact moment of time where I was deep and dark and alone in my self-inflicted pain. I couldn't just start with light and fluffy things. I was not a person in those moments who could access light or fluffiness. Anyone whose common advice to you is to look at the bright side of things, I think is short-sighted. Sometimes that isn't what we need to hear to be able to find the means to move forward. Sometimes we need the reality and the want for a different reality. Sometimes we need someone to just acknowledge that things are dark, that shit is hard, and that we are valid in what we are feeling. I think for me that came first. But since that time, okay, I have reminded myself over and over that not everything needs to be so serious, that my Capricorn rising traits don't always have to be at the forefront. Missing a day of my routine is not a big deal. Skipping a workout is totally fine. Replacing a night I plan to do self-care work for time with friends is probably more a positive than it is a negative. Our brains are always looking out for us, Skater, but they don't always get it right. Learning to question my brain when it gives me the laundry list of reasons why I should say no to an invitation from the world to shake things up and live a little has helped me enjoy living my life so much more. Releasing myself from the percep- um, sorry, releasing myself from the prescriptive natural rhythms that I tend to love because they're familiar and comforting and allowing myself to revel in that space that isn't familiar or isn't comforting. Go for the ice cream. Try the skinny dip. Take the afternoon off from work to read a good book. Life is too short to be serious all of the time. Embrace some controlled chaos and fun. Those are the moments that you will remember. And this is the reminder I have had to come back to the most in these last three years. The moments that I will remember 
are the ones where I leaned into the chaos, where I said yes to the fun, yes to the playful. And those moments have been the most impactful for bringing other people into my life and new experiences into my life as well. It does not always have to be so serious. And along that line, number four here is dance alone in your kitchen more. Y'all, I have always had fantasies of being a killer dancer. Missy Elliott was like my number one favorite icon when I was growing up and I just dreamed of being able to execute the dance moves. Since I was a little kid, this was the dream and I never really acted on it because I was so shy about being seen in my learning. Moving my body in ways that are not structured and not exercise has become a bigger part of my growth and healing than I ever thought it would have. Move your body in a way that is more about releasing energy than it is about being an intentional movement. This is about expressing yourself. Turn the tunes up in your kitchen and dance in your underwear. Pretend you are Beyonce or don't. Simply listen and allow your body to move as it will, to release as it wants to. Notice how you feel when you lower your shields and literally dance like no one is watching. Drop the lights, put on a disco ball, close your eyes. Allow your body simply to be a vessel for movement and expression and take note of how you feel when you find your natural stopping point. Dance more, dance bigger. Let your body lead your brain for once. Enjoy the bliss. And I've had many nights of doing, you know, just intuitive movement practice as part of my self-care call it dance. It doesn't feel necessarily like dance, but I find having my eyes closed actually really helpful as long as I have the spatial awareness of what I might trip on or run into. Because then it really lifts the pressure of what do I look like? And I can just focus on what my body is doing and what feels natural for me in that moment. And that's been a really helpful practice. So maybe take that to your kitchen when you go for your next dosi do Numero cinco is dream bigger than you think you're allowed to. I was raised around a lot of very practical people. Things needed to have a purpose and meaning. Something had to be to move you towards something else. And as a result, I think I began at some point to dream small. The big audacious dreams were one I, ones that I kept small and I kept them to myself. I hid them from anyone else around me. They were a fantasy I could play out in my mind or in the privacy of my room, but they would never be real because how could they be? Who was I to think that I could have, do, or be that? Those dreams were all apparently for someone else. So I would keep my dreams small, realistic. Dreams that were not really very dreamy, but were things I could work towards that would be fine, I guess. Sometimes I would get big dreams and they would ignite a fire in my belly so huge that I might venture to dare to talk about them or act on them. 
then I might hit a roadblock or something I didn't know how to maneuver. And so I would quit because it felt like confirmation that the dream was too big, that I wasn't the one to do it or have it or be it. Because if I was, wouldn't it be easier? Wouldn't I just be unnatural? No. When I started to let myself release the reins a bit and set my sights on some big, gorgeous dreams, things finally shifted for me. Finally, I understood that limiting myself in my mind, like deciding what was or wasn't for me, was holding me back from having the big dreams. Not that I was actually limited in having them by any outside source. No, I was telling myself before I even tried, no, that dream is not for you. No, you couldn't possibly do that. You will never find success in that. I was priming my subconscious to fail before I even began because it felt too scary to dream big. Allow yourself to dream big and bold and beautiful things for your life. Whatever voice in your head tells you that it's too much or too far, don't listen to it. Allowing yourself to dream is the surest way to become more than you ever could have imagined. Because what it does is it opens you up to possibility. Be open. Let the magic happen in your life. All right, number six, we're at the halfway point. It is to make time to reflect on shit. Similar to the first bit of wisdom is to take time to actually reflect on things. It is so, so, so easy to go through days and weeks without once checking in on ourselves if we aren't in that habit of reflection. Reflection is one of the most powerful tools in our arsenal because it allows us to process, recognize our own patterns, know where our sticking points are. I really believe that making reflection an active part of my life has always been the only way that I could deeply heal. It forces you to ask yourself how you are doing. And because you're the only one who cares to know the answer in this instance, maybe, you're going to get a reply that is honest. Oftentimes I will think I'm upset or activated by something very specific only to find in my time reflecting that actually it was something else altogether. To know yourself is the key to self-mastery and it absolutely cannot happen if you don't ever sit down and find a way to reflect and process. Eliminate the distractions. Allow your mind and your heart to speak to you and then listen. Number seven brings us back to another maybe heavy lesson, but an important one. And that is to know when it's time to say goodbye and when it is time to be open to something new. I believe one thing to be true and it is this. It is as important to know when to walk away as it is important to know when to open yourself up. When was the last time you took on a new experience, hobby, or interest? When was the last time you put yourself out there to make a new friend or go on a first date or try out for a team or a club? Equally, who or what in your life have you been holding onto out of loyalty or habit or fear because you don't wanna have a challenging conversation? 
that it feels easier to have this person in your life or this cycle or workplace or whatever it is in your life that isn't serving you. You are a creature of finite resources and energy. You are a magical being and a powerful force of nature. Sometimes to make room for newness, we need to let go of what is no longer serving us. In my life, this has looked like habits, patterns of behavior, and in the very saddest moments for me personally, people. I believe there are seasons for all things in our lives and much like a tree that grows new leaves from old roots year after year, we too need to know when it is time to shed so that we can have an energetic refresh to grow our new leaves. This one is hard, but it will change your life when you start to create stronger energetic boundaries for yourself and simultaneously allow yourself to be open to receiving. There were parts of learning this lesson in particular, (laughs) this lesson most especially that I hated, that I absolutely hated, but it has also brought so many new energies, new experiences, and new humans into my orbit. And for that, I am very grateful and growing. Who or what does your future self surround themselves with? Go from there, babes. Number eight is maybe my favorite one. Yeah, it might be my favorite. Don't start your day with a screen. Give yourself a morning. One of the most impactful things for reducing my anxiety has been in eliminating screens from the early part of my day. It is like exhaling for the first time. I used to fall asleep moments after laying down my phone at night and grab it to scroll through feeds and messages immediately when I woke up the next morning. No wonder I was anxious. I was constantly comparing myself. I was caught up in drama that wasn't even my own. I was obsessive with my technology. At some point in time along the way in 2020, I started to wake up and leave my phone behind in my room. I would read, journal, meditate, exercise, or go for a walk or a skate before I would interact with that world. And you know what? I have never, ever felt better. In fact, I feel much more able to gauge how I'm feeling, where my energy is at, and where my focus is directed to by doing this. Try to extend your time away from your phone for an hour after you wake up and see how you feel once that becomes normal. Maybe then extend it further, (laughs) further. On my very best days, my alarm goes off at 5.30 a.m. and I do not interact with my phone until sometime around 8.30. On my worst days, I offer myself forgiveness. If you live with a partner as well, leaving your phone behind if they're still in bed also works great if you're anything like me and don't want to disrupt their sleep. I feel like I can't just go into the room to get my cell phone. It doesn't feel like a nice means of waking somebody else up. For me especially, replacing time scrolling and consuming headlines in favor of reading a great book or being with my own thoughts has become my most cherished time of day. I am not kidding when I say I wake up 
genuinely excited to get out of my bed and sit with my coffee and the quiet stillness of the morning. People will preach about no phones before bed, but the hill that I'm going to die on, it is no phones when you first get out of bed. Number nine, a walk outside can change everything. There is very little that cannot be resolved with a good walk. Fresh air, proximity to nature and the elements, repetitive motion, blood flow. Walking is medicine for the mind. Use music as a tool to inspire you to move or a podcast or audiobook. But the true magic that comes with walking is in how it can allow your mind to speak so clearly because your body is entirely preoccupied. The next time that you're processing a big emotion, planning a challenging conversation, or are swimming in a sea of thoughts, try going for a walk. Elevate this one even further by doing some of that reflection work we talked about once you get back in the door with a clear mind. I always find incredible inspiration by walking. It frees up the clogged parts of my psyche and allows me to think differently. If it is available to you, I cannot recommend it enough. Number 10 is a lesson that we have talked about loosely in other episodes, and that is to be kind to your body. Times of stress are times that I personally am most unkind to my body. They are when I am most critical of my body image and compare myself the most to others. I have in my life been very punishing and unkind to my vessel, but this is something that I've been working very, very hard to leave behind. Now, when I find myself being critical of my body, I try to replace the thoughts. If my brain says, why are you eating that? You're going to put on even more weight. You are so gross. I replace it with thoughts like, I am so grateful to be able to experience this world with all of my senses. I am so proud of my body for all that it has accomplished for me. My body is unique and loved just as it is in this moment. My body is a thing of constant change and I celebrate that. Truthfully, I am tired and bored of being mean to my body. It never did anything to deserve that kind of treatment from me. And all it does is literally anything I ask it to do for me day in and day out. Find more ways to celebrate your sweet meat suit and work to minimize or replace the thoughts that pop up to tell you that it doesn't deserve that kind of love. It does. You do. Number 11, we are at the final two, my friends. This is a great one. Consistency is more impactful than perfection. And in brackets, try new things. <laughs> I have had a life marred with feelings of needing to be like, really, really good at things in order to do them. That if I cannot show something that is perfect, it should not be shown at all. Do it again and again and again until it is right and throw away all the failed uh, attempts. Pretend they didn't happen. This line of thinking has never supported me or expanded me. In fact, I am pretty sure <laughs> that it has prevented me from exploring things I would have been pretty good at. 
It also has prevented me from being experimental, putting myself out there more or trying new things, even if they looked super fun. I was too scared to be bad at them. But you all know my favorite motto, (laughs) be bad at things, skater. We have talked about that here before. Being consistent and showing up when you are terrible at the thing, that's what will move you towards being great at the thing. Consistency is where you grow. Showing up is where you expand. Being bad over and over is how you get good. What is something you have always wanted to try but were too scared to be seen sucking at? Do it. Don't wait any longer. It might be your life calling. The more that you show up, the more that you will grow. So don't work on being the best. Work on being consistent. Make the promise to yourself to show up and follow through on that. I am certain it will change your life because it has changed mine. It has changed my business and my brand in the way that I talk about my coaching even just in the last six months. Keep showing up. Keep playing. Suck and get better. Be the worst over and over and then maybe one day you'll be pretty great. Try new things and show up for yourself. This changed my life over the span of three years in massive ways. When you show up for yourself and you are consistent in that, your world is going to shift. Believe you me. We have reached my final piece of wisdom for you and the most important, and that is this. Be yourself fully. My final piece of wisdom, so obvious and so simple. But for me, this has been my biggest moment of growth in the last three years. To be myself. To fully be myself without fear or remorse. I have spent endless years of my life as a watered down version of who I was inside publicly. I would hide, omit, or play down my thoughts, feelings, ideas, or needs because I lived in such intense fear of being rejected or disliked for who I was. I would post what I thought people wanted to hear or see. I would edit and polish and tweak every image, word, and video to present myself as who I thought someone else wanted me to be. I would hide my dating or relationships from others so as not to hurt the feelings of any of my exes if they found out. I would go along with plans I was not even interested in so as not to rock the boat. I was very proud to be someone who was low maintenance, even if I felt like I was really needing to be maintained. And these parts of my life, they have been some of the loneliest because I did not feel seen for who I was, because I was not allowing anyone to see who I really was. Being able to be a fully expressed and authentic version of myself publicly has been a hurdle. And I've had to learn to jump it and it has been scary as all get out. But it's also brought me to people and experiences and opportunities that feel like home, that feel like exactly where I need to be. 
that feel like living in my big over-the-top dreams I dared not dream. Whatever part of yourself that you feel you need to hide away from the world is the same one that will bring the world closer to you. I hope it will not take you as many years as it has taken me to recognize this in your life. Be yourself and celebrate being that way. I know I can't wait to meet all of you. There you have it, skaters. 12 nuggets of wisdom that have radically changed my life over the last three years. And what an episode this has been. I think this is the longest episode to date. So thank you for sticking it out. 12 nuggets of wisdom, 12 intentions that have aligned me with true purpose that I always felt I lacked. 12 ideas that led me to skills and people who have changed me and expanded me in such beautiful ways. You know, as I said, I felt this twinge of guilt when I sat down to develop this list that the list itself was too serious, that it wasn't playful enough. But you know, I am serious about these ideas. I am serious about how they have changed me and my life. And for all of their seriousness, they have seriously brought me more play, more fun, more whimsy than I have ever felt before in my life. Cute and quippy advice maybe just isn't in my bag in 2023, but I can't wait to see how that will change as we move towards 2026 in another three years. If any of these really resonated for you, I would love to hear about it. Reach out to me on Instagram at yourcoachl or by email and let me know which one and why. If you loved this episode, please share it with a friend. That would mean so much to me. Feel free to give me a ranking or leave a review or comment as well. That goes a really long way. And if you're looking for some one-on-one time with me, be sure to check out the This or That offer available on my website now until February 1st, 2023. One hour of my time for either coaching or tarot, your choice, for only $77. I cannot wait to catapult you into the new year. And I am thrilled as always to have you on this journey through life with me. I love you. Love yourself too. Catch you skaters. Thank you so much for skating with us today, friend. I hope you took away the tips you need to keep rolling on your own self-mastery journey. Be sure to find me over on Instagram at yourcoachl for even more insight and feel free to reach out to me there with any skills or drills you would like to see covered here on the show. You can also visit me at ellentommy.com to learn more about working with me one-on-one. Now go enjoy some rest, marinate on our lessons today, and I'll see you back here next week. Love ya. Love yourself too.